Welcome to ViCast, where we bring a blend of knowledge, expertise, and fun to the world of finance. Stay tuned for our exciting episode packed with insights and practical tips that will help you achieve your financial goals. Hi, everybody, and welcome to ViCast. I'm your host, Charlene Shirk. So have you ever thought about opening your own business, becoming an entrepreneur? Well, if you have, you are not alone. Approximately 40% of Americans say they are thinking about opening their own business. So what does it take to actually be able to start a successful business? Well, we are excited to have here today David Walton, Senior Vice President, Vistar Commercial Lending. He is the man with your plan. David, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. So I have to imagine in your job, you basically listen to all day long good ideas and maybe some not so good ideas? <laughs> you know, fortunately, we get to hear the best and sometimes we get to hear the worst. Oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, it's a great opportunity uh, for us. Our commercial bankers do a good job of listening. Every idea is an important idea because it's important to our members. So being able to help them along the journey um, to see their business come to fruition the way they thought it would be. And so we're going to take a look at some of the numbers about where people get their money to start a business. So 66.3% use their own personal funds to start their business. 27% finance it with income from another job. So talk about don't quit your day job yet, right? 11% borrow it from friends and family. That's a risk right there. 11% use use some financing or a bank loan. 9% put it on their credit card. That's scary. And then less than 4% use investors, grants, and crowdfunding, which surprised me because everybody's doing these crowdfunding these days, right? right? And the Shark Tanks and the big investors. So I was really surprised that that number was so low. So share your experience on kind of how you help counsel people through how to get that financing and what your recommendations are. Yeah, most of the people that uh, want to go into business for themselves, they start with the idea. Unfortunately, the they jump from the idea to launch um, before spending a lot of other time on other things. Uh, creating a business plan, you know, understanding what your market is, and then understanding that capital and those sources. You need to have that capital lined up before you launch the product. And um, I think that your the numbers bear it out that that's where most people fall into a trap. Then you need to realize that for the first two years, you're not going to make a lot of money. You're going to be investing in the business, mm-hmm. getting it started, getting rolling. Uh, that's why you see people run into problems about at the two-year mark because they usually run out of the funding. They can't keep up with the payments, and then they start to you know go down the road to this is not a viable alternative. When if they would have just prepared for it a little bit longer, they could have got to a point where they cash flowed and started making money on it. Gosh, that's the that's like it sounds like that's the tough love that you give them when they walk in the door, right? That is. That is, and you know the tough love is when you're sitting down when somebody that has a really great idea and they love it's and they want to get into business themselves and telling them that the best decision that they can make at this time is probably not do it or don't quit your job let it be a hobby run it on the side open up at lunches only open up on weekends 
try to run it out of your house. There are other alternatives that you can do. And then once you build a base, uh, build a base, you know, the internet helps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, It gives you a market. Customer base, a fan base, right? Yeah, a following Uh, for sure. Yeah, things that wouldn't have normally been able to be sustained as a, a local business venture. You know, you've got the entire, you know, internet. To basically find your market and find your um, uh, your customers. I think preparing for the opening too. Um, I I went to a really cool fast food shop that opened up uh, close to our house the other day, and uh, we were excited because we were waiting for some quick you know takeout kind of foods, and uh, it was just packed. Uh, people coming in and out the door. Uh, by the time I got up to the register, they were out of most of the items on the menu. And so, you know, to me, I thought, you know, this owner should have prepared for the success. Instead, of probably went in, had small supplies, and uh, that leaves a lasting impression for the ones that come in mm. and want to try it and yet had a good product. But they didn't have a good process yet. Process. That's where we can help. So you bring up a good point about having a good product and having a product that is in demand. So 42% of businesses, up to 42%, end up failing. And it's not because they don't have the money. And maybe it's not because they don't have the process in place, right? It's because they have they don't have a product that people want and we're willing to pay for, right. which is really interesting. I mean, you always think, oh, maybe you, to your point, you don't have the process or you don't have the funding, but you got to have something that people want. It's almost kind of a no-brainer. But sharing your experience, how do you walk through that with somebody to determine and make sure there is a demand in the marketplace for what they either want, the service or the product? Absolutely. Well, our bankers and, you know, we all have experience dealing with the banking field helps you get exposed to a lot of different kind of businesses. So we deal with large businesses all the time that have a proven process in place in a product or service that they're selling. Um, and so we've got things to share on a different scale that we can bring down. Like, you know, have you had any focus groups? Have you had any of your um, uh, of your products or services tested by someone that wasn't your friend or family? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because most of the times they're like, my family loves my wings. And so, you know, I make the best wings in the world. And And, um, uh, you know, getting that information from a potential market and then looking around what the competition is, Charlene, you know, when you look out there, what's going to make your sub different from the three or four different franchises that are out there? And franchises are proven. Um, When we look at uh, members that are looking for a business idea, we oftentimes will recommend, you know, can you find a franchise that fits with what the product or service you're going to open? You know, take a a maid or cleaning service. You know, there are franchises out there that already have a proven business plan. Uh, They have an operating model. Um, and, you know, they've got some marketing set up mm-hmm, for you already. Mm-hmm. So you can take your specific service and put it into their model that's already been proven. And that's a lot better, you know, than just trying to be out there and beat everybody on price. And figure it out for yourself. It's a nice template, if you will. So even if you think I don't want to be a franchise owner forever, what a great way. It's almost like going to business school in a way. That's it. The uh, franchise, if it's a good franchise and the support they give to the franchisees are, um, you know, are worth the money you pay for it. You know, are you going to pay them royalties? Yes, you are. Are you going to be forced to buy supplies through them? 
Yes, you are. But in exchange for that, uh, they do a lot of the heavy lifting mm-hmm. for you. And you chip into like a marketing budget as well. I'm familiar with that as yes, well. Yes, you do. And they and do some marketing for you as well. And, they, and they've and they got the data. They know what they're doing behind it. That's why they're a successful franchise. Right. Every one of those Subway uh, commercials that are on TV are shared, you know, by the uh, all the franchisees. Mm-hmm. And they all get the value on it. And, you know, there are a lot of eyes on that. And, um, uh, you know, you get the value of that versus being David Subs. So we talked a lot about David, um, of starting David Subs, right? We yeah. talked a lot about starting a business. But for a lot of business, and you even mentioned kind of at a two-year mark, right? That's when some businesses tend to struggle because maybe they run out of their capital. But what about expanding your business? Because it's a risk to start a business, but it's also a risk to grow a business. You know, do, do you get bigger space? Do you add more people? Do you increase your overhead? How do you help coach businesses on how to grow and expand strategically? Strategically. Yeah, well, it's different for every business. But when I think a lot about um, some of the problems that they may do, it it may be um, that, you know, well, this restaurant that I have over here in this part of town is successful. I'm going to get into a place on the other side of town and they expect that the that it's going to have the same um results Mm -hmm. and you know they fall down and again doing market research on uh the um the area that they're moving into um if you look at franchises again they do a really good job of setting up distributor areas and such and they won't let other franchisees crowd in on the market that's true too yeah and again uh that's some things that we can help with there's There's consulting firms that help with identifying the markets, finding the right place for it. Uh, But um, and then if expansion is internally, you know, do you 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 can do things. Do you you have a new product you want to launch? Is there an opportunity for you to reach another part of the market that you hadn't before? Uh, Influencers are playing such a big role. Um, and, um, you know, you, you hit the right influencers that recommend your product. And we've seen a lot of success with those things. And, you know, David, it sounds like a lot of what you do is a lot of listening and a lot of coaching, um, really, and a lot of education, not just, okay, how much do you need? You know, here's some financing. It's really walking uh, members through the process of, and, and non-members who come um, to, you, to you as well for these services, of really understanding what it is behind the motivation of what they want to do, the why behind it, the how they, they want to do this, and really holding their hand through the process to make sure that they're making the right decisions as they're moving forward or maybe not, how do you help them make that decision? Are there some tough questions that you ask them or you ask them to ask themselves through this process? I think that um, the biggest questions are trying to uh, take get them to take the rose-colored glasses off and look hard at um, what life is going to be like afterwards. Um, you talk about starting your own business. It's hard. Um, the rewards are great, and you, you get a lot of satisfaction from being your own boss, but you really work hard. Pricing is also a challenge. I've noticed that when I worked with a, a group of women entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. oh, pricing was always a struggle, right? How do we price ourselves right in the market, not out of the market, and not undervalue for 
the effort that we're going to put into it at the end of the day. Yeah, and you know, um, spending the money to you know, you know, our advice is free to our members. Uh, so, uh, taking advantage of those pro bono opportunities, um, I work with the Entrepreneurial Center for Excellence out at UNF, and uh, there are opportunities for you to come into there and. Small business owners looking to launch can get pro bono help. Uh, score.org um, here in town can give you uh, a mentor that can help you along the way. Uh, the Small Business Administration. There, there are grants out there uh, that um, – federal grants that are out there to encourage small business owners, especially minority businesses, women-owned businesses, um, that can take advantage of government programs that can, um, you know, help launch your business. But they're going to st- they're going to start with asking some very basic, so, you know, who's your banker and do you have a business plan? And so, um, again, I go back to the value of Bystar to the small business community and what the commercial services group can do for them. Banks are great. Uh, Banks are focused on higher uh, volume, uh, more complicated business, uh, you know, business situations. Um, And Bystar is able to focus a little bit in a different sweet spot. And um, I think that's our mission. I think it's a great place to start. And I'm so glad that you mentioned all of those other organizations. I got to tell you one thing here in Jacksonville, uh, they're very supportive. We have a lot of great organizations that are very supportive of folks who want to go out there and and take that leap or put that toe in the water and see if they want to start a business. What you want to hear the truth. And the business owner accepts the uh, risk. And uh, um, they're the only ones that can decide that. And uh, giving the right information and the best information we can to help them make the best decision, um, that's what we're here for. And David, where should folks start? How do, how do they get, they, they've heard this, this interview with you and they want to have a conversation with you or someone in your, on your team, where should they start? Sure. If, you, if you're in an area where there's a Vistar branch, go to the Vistar branch. Uh, the Vistar associates can help you and get you pointed in the right direction. They all have uh, branch business bankers that are attached to them, that support them. And then always you can go to the website and request an appointment and you'll have somebody for me and my team to give you a call. You never know. It might be me. It might be you. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like also more information, you can always go to vistarcu.org. It's time to talk about good is everywhere. Throughout the month of September, 2,000 Vistar employees have been on a volunteer blitz, donating thousands of hours of their time, volunteering for charitable organizations from Georgia to Central Florida and everywhere in between. And here to tell us more about it is Kamal Gasper, Vistar's Vice President of Community Engagement, and Sarah Kurtz, Vistar's Volunteer Coordinator. They're going to tell us how good is everywhere has been going. Wow, it's been a big lift for the month of September. It's been a big lift. It's been amazing. The award-winning Good Is Everywhere is back for its second year. And this year it's enhanced with volunteer projects. So we're allowing all ViStar employees to be able to go out and volunteer. It will align with their pillars of giving and their core values as long as ViStar's as well. 
which is community building, youth, and military. So we're super excited that every employee, again, will have the opportunity to volunteer. In addition, ViStar has granted around $30,000 to nonprofit organizations that align with our purpose and our core values and are doing great work in the community. In addition, we'll talk about a little bit later, free days for our members. Over 900,000 members have the opportunity to take advantage of free days at educational and cultural venues across our footprint. And everybody loves free days. Well, Sarah, you have certainly been very busy coordinating all of these volunteers, over 1,000 volunteers, as well as thousands of volunteer hours being donated. Tell us what you've been busy doing. Yeah, so Good is Everywhere is a great opportunity for volunteers to really explore a wide variety of passions and interests. Um, We have some employees that are spending their day with animals at their local humane society, while others um, may prefer to be outdoors, uh, maybe gardening at the Arboretum or um, participating in a beach cleanup. Uh, We know that every community has different needs. So we really um, empowered our employees to be able to pursue uh, interests that were uh, meaningful for their community where they live, work, and play. So for example, our Gainesville branches chose to participate at uh, Grace Marketplace, which is a, a really great nonprofit organization that provides solutions and support for persons in the community experiencing homelessness. Um, On the other hand, our St. Augustine branch is participating at the Horseplay Therapy Center. Um, So that's a really cool opportunity to participate in equine therapy for children with special needs, um, as well as veterans with PTSD. So we have a really robust nonprofit community across our footprint, so there's so many opportunities to get involved. You know, Vistar is consistently selected as one of the best places to work in Jacksonville. But I got to say, Sarah, that beats a day in the office, no matter how good of a place you work. It sure does. <laughs> and Kamal, tell us a little bit about why good is everywhere. And and you mentioned several times, you know, the pillars, the core giving of Vistar. Why is giving back and doing good such a priority for Vistar? So it is the fabric of Vistar since 1952, our founding at Naval Air Station Jacksonville on the west side to today, over 70 years. Our purpose is to do good. Our core values are to lead by example. And that's everything that we do. So some examples of this, I think of the high school branch program, Mm -hmm. where we have 18 branches in high schools throughout Florida, where we're employing 200 plus Vistar Academy of Business interns to serve their community and serve their peers and talking about financial wellness. We also have the Everyday Heroes and the Military Heroes program where we're supporting our frontline employees in the community as well as our military personnel, which is the fabric of ViStar, with reaching the dreams of becoming a homeowner. Good is Everywhere is no different. It is our way to say thank you to the community, allowing our employees to go out and volunteering in the community, but it is our marquee way of saying this is our purpose, this is our core values, this is why we do what we do to improve the communities that we call home. And I think people probably think, oh, we do a lot of volunteering and sponsoring of events, but the products and services that ViStar provides are helping people get into affordable housing, which is such an important issue. And I know one of the nonprofits, several nonprofits that we're volunteering for that address that. And I think people need to realize that as 
well that by being a member, they have access to those additional products and services. And Sarah, I I'm, I'm, would love to know, you mentioned like what all the volunteers are getting to do, right? But this is thousands of volunteer hours for these uh, long, local nonprofits and those communities that, you know, that's number one of the biggest issues for nonprofits is trying to get the people to come and volunteer to make an impact. So can you tell us maybe some of the impacts and changes for these organizations and these communities are going to see as a result of all of these donated hours? Absolutely. Um, our employees showed up big for us and with their help we were able to build and donate 12 children's playhouses for current Habitat's families. Uh, we also participated in several community beautification projects, including painting a mural at Sable Palm Elementary School over in Tallahassee. Um, and none of this would have been possible without the generous gift of time and talent from our ViStar employees. Yeah, so it's not just the nonprofit and its beneficiaries, it's also the community as a whole. So ViStar members have been taking advantage of free days at educational and cultural venues across our footprint. So the Orlando Magic members have the opportunity to work with Orlando Magic alumni at a youth clinic. The Jacksonville Zoo was free. We also had the USS Orlick. Cade Museum in Gainesville, the Challenger Learning Center in Tallahassee. So again, our way of saying thank you. All right. Well, thank you both for coming thank on you. and thank you for what you do to help promote all of this great community goodness and in, in, among ViStar and the volunteers and our community. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks to have you. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this segment of ViCast. For more information about ViStar Commercial Lending, ViStar's Good is Everywhere celebration, or any of your financial needs, head over to ViStarCU.org. And please make sure you subscribe to our ViCast podcast or follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. You can follow us on ViStar's social media channels and give us your thoughts on a topic you'd like us to cover. And we will catch you next time.